Challenging your thoughts. Wrestling with ideas. The show that brings you the best wrestling analysis. This is legitimately one of my favorite matches of the year so far. I don't really see a heart being desperate to win a match. I yeah. see more of Flair doing something like that. And the best wrestling interviews. This is Take the State Properties. This is Teddy DiBiase, the Bay Dollar Man. Hey, this is Bob Bathley. Hey, everyone, this is Rick Stein. This is the Honky Dog Man, the greatest WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time. This is your wrestling show, Ottawa. Heck, they could use you guys over in WWE. You're listening to the greatest wrestling show in the whole wide world. This is Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome inside the CKDJ Studios for Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm the man they call Gibby, Zach McGibbon, and uh, I'll be honest, I completely forgot your nickname, Marco. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty Mean sh- Street Rossi. The Mean Street Rossi, that's correct. It has been a long night because uh, we just finished up disc two of WWE Unreleased 1986 to 1995. And yep. uh, if you want to listen back to our first disc review, of course, it's on wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com. Uh, that's where we did the full, extensive, in-depth review of disc one. And uh, the first disc, uh, we, we enjoyed it for the most part. Um, but uh, I think we can just say right off the bat, uh, this disc was probably the best disc that we've watched so far. Yeah, so far, you know, two down now, one more to go. But uh, this was really, really good. I I don't care. what I, I know the buy rates apparently said otherwise, but I love early 90s WWE. WWE, yeah. WWF, whatever yeah. you want to call I lo- it. I love steroid scandal era WWF. Man, you're <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was colorful. It was flashy. It was entertaining. Yeah, it definitely was. All um, right. All right. So let's go straight into uh, disc two. Yes. So we had our opening skit mm-hmm. uh, with Charlie Caruso and uh, Sean Mooney, mm-hmm. and these skits just get continuously weirder. Yeah, they get cheesier and cheesier. They get pretty yeah. cheesy. Um, be honest, uh, there was a moment with Lord Alfred Hayes that I still <laughs> am just trying to comprehend what happened, but it happened. Uh, so it brought us into Hulk Hogan yeah. versus Earthquake. Oh, yeah. And uh, Earthquake was uh, really... I guess you could say he was. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a funny pun to, for him to how he broke in, but he broke in really quickly. He was he was awesome in the early '90s. This was before the natural disasters when yeah. tugboat became typhoon and yeah. uh, before Mr. Fuji and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so, an earthquake was being built up to be Hulk Hogan's next nemesis. Well, it wasn't before Fuji, but you're right. He uh, I, I I liked I liked that finally because disc one it was Earthquake Evans with Slick as the manager, and I'm yeah. glad that they finally realized that okay, we're gonna sign this guy he's a bit he's he's agile for a guy that's almost 500 pounds he's got the sumo background they paired him up with jimmy hart instead took off the the plaid shirt and the jeans gave him you know a a leotard or singlet or whatever um yeah uh this this feud with hogan was fantastic if Mm -hmm. you ever want to go back and look at it 
obviously culminated into a SummerSlam match. This was in the springtime, a few months yep. before that. But this yeah, was, we should get into that because this was actually pretty decent considering both combatants. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so as you mentioned, this was in the springtime, April 3rd, 1990 yeah. in Syracuse, New York. This and the next match we'll be reviewing. Um, but Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake, yeah. uh, this was uh, this was solid. This was classic Hulk Hogan babyface match. Mm-hmm. Um, Earthquake, <laughs> it's funny, he came out, he had sweat all over the front of his uh, <laughs> all over the front of his uh, wrestling gear yeah, yeah. and a uh, whole bunch of chest hair and uh Jim, Jimmy Hart was on fire in this match. This is basically the time where he basically was the natural disaster cuz I know earlier you mentioned uh this was before when uh you know, Typhoon was simply tugboat, and they were one was babyface, one was heel, and there's yep. a whole story there. But uh, yeah, no, this was uh, this was good because it was the classic Hogan match, right, against mm-hmm. the heel. You know, he gets dominated for most of it, and then you know we know what happens as we'll get into in a sec. But yeah, yeah this was this was actually not a terrible match to watch. I wasn't bored watching it. Were you? No, I was. Yeah. This was a very engaging match. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Hart with his commentary with yeah. the megaphone that was that's always entertaining. J- Jimmy Hart was very entertaining this match. Now I was telling you during this, I always preferred Jimmy Hart uh, Memphis era, era of Jimmy Hart way much over the WWF era of Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Um, I always found him just to be way more entertaining in Memphis than I did in WWF but uh he was great here in this one uh mm-hmm. and Hogan Hogan was uh, Hogan I guess <laughs> you say yeah there was uh it was funny with uh we'll we see in a couple of the Hogan matches uh in the near future he showed a lot of heel tactics in his matches Hogan absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he cheated a little bit. I believe it yeah. was this match where he bit the top of uh, Earthquake's head. Yeah. That was something. <laughs> and I was looking, I was like, that's not something that the top face of the company would do. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it is funny to look back at it, and you kind of see where why some people did not like Hulk Hogan during that time because he showed those heel tendencies, right? He'll do the eye rake every once in a while. And, and this one, he, he again, he chewed the top of Earthquake's head, which is not something I would do with Earthquake considering <laughs> just the look of the man. Like, you look at him and you're like, oh, you don't... And, of uh, course, Earthquake's finishing move is the... Uh, earthquake Splash. Earthquake it's, it's Splash. Like seated senton. Pretty is, much. Yeah. Well, I guess seated senton's one way to put it yeah. more like a seated... <laughs> yeah, uh, like a like just more like a seat in general, but uh, it was just like it worked for him. Br- yeah, it, hey, whatever works, yeah. man. You get first of all, he sits on you, and then he's got his crotch like face first in to Ogan. But yeah. uh, of course, the classic Hulkster kicks out of yeah. uh, of the finish, <laughs> and uh, it led to the Hogan comeback, and we had the cover here and the win. And uh, it was it was a good match. Elevation on that leg drop. How about it? That was, oh, Classic that's a good Hogan. good point. Yeah. Uh, how so, did he do it? The guy's like three hundred pounds. Like how did he do that? Know. He's a he's a superior athlete, don't you <laughs> yeah, know? Sure, yeah. So, uh, but this was a fun match. Uh, I I you and I agree that was uh, a very entertaining uh, watch through. How many stars would you give it out of five? Oh, out of five. You know, it was a three and a half star match. Yeah, yeah, I'd say three, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, next one uh, is in the same town of Syracuse, New York. Same date, April third, nineteen ninety. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase versus the Big Boss Man. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ted DiBiase came out with Virgil. Yep. 
This was a great match. I like this match. It's pretty good. It mm-hmm. was pretty good considering, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Boss Man around this time really trimmed down. Yeah. Uh, was a lot more agile. Really super over as a babyface. But, I mean, you can't not mention how good, how good Ted DiBiase was with this Million Dollar Man character. The guy, he didn't look like a bodybuilder or anything, but he was such a good, just a ring general. He knew how to draw heat. Yep. Virgil, of course, getting involved as his bodyguard. It yep. was just, it was actually not a terrible match. Again, this was one of those things where you didn't need a lot of, you didn't need 450, 750, <laughs> 635 degree splashes or wow. whatever. I would pay <laughs> money, though, to see the 635 degree. The million splash. dollar splash. Yeah, as, as, as I called it. Uh, it was funny. Uh, you, made, you made a good point during the match. Uh, uh, the referees would count down uh, some of the uh, wrestlers that would go to the top rope. So, in, oh yeah, I, noticed, I did say that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I noticed that too because DiBiase would not go to the top rope. He would go to the second rope, and he wouldn't be counted down. He would just uh, was that a coincidence or did he? That's a good. You know what? We should. That's wow. It was an observation huh. I made. I I, I I thought you were way ahead of your time no, no, there, buddy. No, no, no. I, I thought he just did it because he didn't want to go all the way up, and he just didn't want to be like a, like a risk taker because he felt it was more risky as opposed to just going on the second rope. But I mean, you, you never know. Point. That's interesting. No, I'm going to think about that for a while now. <laughs> for a while now. Uh, um, good match, though. Big Boss Man is super agile. He, is def- he definitely has to go in there as one of the more underrated guys. Oh, uh, hands down. Because he was, he was very agile in this match. Mm-hmm. He took some good bumps. Uh, yeah. And uh, he was he was he was way more over as a babyface than people give him credit for in the late 80s early 90s. Yeah, uh, for for sure. After he uh, like I said, after he turned babyface and he trimmed down a little bit, he uh, definitely definitely helped a lot for sure. I mean, he was he was already like good anyway as a, as a heel, and he was you know he was a good asset to any company that he was with really, but. This was, uh, yeah, no, like I said, this was this was pretty good. I, I wish, to be honest, that this was like a big mega feud mm-hmm. more than it was. But, uh, yeah, no, this was good. I mean, like I said, you had Virgil coming in, getting involved, and uh, I think that it costed him the match. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it, was, it was funny. We were making jokes about uh, certain types of money and the Olive Garden during this match when Virgil oh, yeah. when Virgil came in. Virgil's alleged affinity for Olive Garden. Yes. yes. Uh, I have been to an Olive Garden, by the way, in the States. It's actually yeah. not that bad. See, you know what's funny? Uh, back before you were born. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the <laughs> way, as we're, as we're recording this, uh, three days ago was my birthday, actually. 20 years old. Happy birthday. I am, All right. I, I, I made people mad by saying yeah i'm getting old i'm a fifth of a century or old my and they're god. like oh you think you're getting old it, it was great As i was I'm, i was a heel during that time my god we're almost point. like a decade apart like i'm inching to my 30s in the next couple years and you're 20 that's crazy but i was gonna say uh the all there used to be an olive garden at least one that i know of in ottawa um, really? Yes. Uh, nobody who's listening outside of like Ottawa is going to know where this is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not far from here where there's a Red Lobster that used to be an Olive Garden. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Near a certain uh, mall. Near but, a certain uh, mall. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, no. So that's uh, what we're we talking about. All Now I'm getting hungry. I want breadsticks. <laughs> we're and talking about and, Virgil yeah. getting involved in the uh, yeah. Ted DiBiase big boss man. Match. He uh, what was I going to say? <sighs> I'm trying to remember now. He yeah, he he, he got involved, I, I think, because there wasn't a clean finish with this nope. one. No, but uh, oh, yeah, that's hang on the, the ending spot with Virgil and the boss man. Yep. 
and then DiBiase trying to save him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't really pan out very well. Nope. Because he he hit a, he hit them both with a nightstick, boss man. He cuffed Virgil to the ropes, right? Yep. Yeah, and then kind of tried to beat him up from there. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> but no, like I said, it was a good match. Yeah, it was it was a good match, uh, and and it showed too. People forget. As well, like just how good in the ring Ted DiBiase was. As oh, well. I love Ted DiBiase in the ring. He, yeah, he yeah. fantastic uh, ring general. Yeah. Um, one of the things that really stuck out for me, and again, this is this was constant in his matches, but I just love the way he delivered fist drops. Yeah, I know they yeah. were so smooth and they yeah. were so so you know clean and elegant. Yeah. Um, I just love the way he delivered the fist drops, uh, whether it be from the second rope or whether it be you know from a standing position. That sort of deal. It was just. It, it, he was fantastic at yeah. delivering those kind of spots, and uh, and again, Big Boss Man looks super agile. Um, I saw a little bit of his time in All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, when he was Big Bubba Rogers, um, also, also Big Bubba Rogers in uh, WCW, yep. as well as the Guardian Angel, the Boss, which is a total. <laughs> he had a ton up. of gimmicks, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, then he just went. Then he went by his regular name of. Uh, well, he was Big Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers, the Boss, the Guardian Angel. Then I think he just went by Ray Trailer. <laughs> and back to WWE. Oh, he had a lot of gimmicks. He had a lot of gimmicks. If he had one sustained gimmick like like what he's remembered for, the Big Boss Man, no doubt. I think he'd have a much better career. Yeah, I'm glad he went in the Hall. hall of yeah, fame I'm glad he is in the yeah. Hall of Fame because yeah. he definitely, he he's definitely in, definitely in terms of athlete. He is he is. And, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Definitely in terms of athlete, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. We were gonna get in that heel baby face dynamic there for a oh second. My God. You interrupting me and have a little match, but uh, on a promo. On yeah. Here. <laughs> you. That is the last time you interrupt me. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say that people like Bossman and DiBiase were, in my opinion, and I think we mentioned this off air that they were like the epitome of how in this era, you really needed like a strong mid card. Even guys like Jake. Yeah. Um, Savage kind of up and down with that, Bret Hart, whatever. But they were, they epitomized like how you had like that strong undercard or yep. mid card. And then you had, you still had you guys like Hogan and Warrior up top. Yeah. But you still needed like something underneath to keep the fans going, yeah, as opposed <laughs> to just, all right, I'm going to go grab popcorn now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You need, you need a nice, well balanced. It's like any, it's like a sports team. You need that well balanced team. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's going to be too one-sided. It's going to be an imbalance. But this, yeah, like I said, this was good. I would give it probably like a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? You, you rate it less than the, uh, or, or on the same level as the Hogan match. Probably right? about the same. About the same? I thought this was a little better than the Hogan match in terms of a technical standpoint. But, well, in, terms of, but in terms of an excitement standpoint, it's I agree with you. It's a, it's on the same level as the Hogan match. All right. Um, so this next match uh, that we had here was Mr. Perfect and Ravishing Rick Rude uh, versus the Texas Tornado and the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. And uh, this was uh, – we had a Rick Rude promo to start off. <laughs> and I know you love – Heal Rick Rude. Yes, no doubt about it. I love, I love Perfect. What did he call... Ro- this was in Rhode Island. What did he call the Rhode Island people? I think he called them Rhode Island rodents or something like that. Something like that. Because he always said like sweat hogs. He usually says sweat hogs. Or yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, he was good. Um, quick note, if anyone's keeping track of title history... At this time, Perfect was the Intercontinental Champion. Ultimate Warrior was the WWF World Champion. Mm-hmm. So 
Right. It was interesting. We had a little bit of a champion versus champion dynamic, except yeah. involving Rick Rude and the Texas Tornado. You had three. You had three good wrestlers plus the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Love oh, the Warrior, but he's not known for his. He, uh, his his in ring didn't get better over the years. <laughs> and why? And why? And honestly, like I understand, like you want to get better over time, but like he was a top guy at this point, right? Oh yeah, I, I almost I, did it for him. Yeah, exactly. And, well. I, and I and I bet you he was like, I don't really need to do much else mm. now because I've I've done my part to get myself over and now I'm a top guy and then, and I consider myself to be on the same level as Hogan so I mean that's the way he thinks I guess but uh yeah. it was funny uh Texas Tornado really carried this match sure this was uh and by the way this was the only uh this was the only uh showing of the Texas Tornado on, on this DVD Carrie Von Eric yeah yeah. Uh, and and it was interesting because uh, I I made fun of Marco for this. There's this uh, grand uh, theory about the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> after the steroid trial and him coming back and him be him actually being Carrie Von Eric, which is ridiculous. Which is yeah. a crazy story, but apparently it was passed around and. There's still some people that believe it to this day. Mm-hmm. And then and then eventually the real Ultimate Warrior came back. And uh, took over the gimmick, but they, but many people believe Kerry Von Erich was the Ultimate Warrior for a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just a nice little, uh, how, how do you say it, fairy tale. Yeah, people just like to stir the pot. Uh, One of the things that I found funny about this match too was uh, Texas Tornado. A lot of people don't know he was wrestling on a on a. Uh, Fake foot. Yeah, your prosthetic foot. A prosthetic much foot. Of his career, yeah. 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 Um, and he still looked really good. It, it, oh, yeah. it didn't look like he was wrestling on a prosthetic at all. No. Nope. Uh, he. I now obviously he wasn't the same Kerry Von Erich during the mid '80s when WCCW and the Von Erichs and Freebirds feud was one of the hottest things in wrestling at that time. But he Probably was still. Not, but he was still fairly. He older. was better than the Ultimate Warrior. No doubt about it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of wrestlers were better than the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, also, I mean, you have to give credit to Ravishing Rick and Mister Perfect, two Minnesota yeah. boys. They were, you know, two uh, two drinking buddies, from what I've heard, and they they you can tell that they were buddies. You yeah, know, they had the chemistry. They were both f- fantastic workers. This was a great match too. Why WWE didn't make them world champions as opposed to just IC champions is mm-hmm. beyond me. Hogan. But, well, and Warrior, yeah, but I, it's, hey, it's, but Sergeant, but then again, Sergeant Slaughter got a chance to be WWF champion. Yep, I still say, actually, just going back real quick to Earthquake, yeah, and I think we talked about this on off air. I don't remember if we did on air in the last show. I think Earthquake would have been a really good world champion. I agree. Monster Heel mm-hmm. would have worked, especially given the gimmick. Now, who could have dethroned him? Could it have been Warrior? Probably Fun. Hogan. Or Hogan, yeah, yeah. that's fair. It, well, I, I mean, them. I mean, I know Warrior was was becoming the guy at this point. And he was, he was the guy. At he that he point. was, he was essentially the guy at that yeah. point. Um, but uh, I, I still feel like somehow, some way, you know, Hogan would have found a way to get himself in there and you know conquer another giant. That sort of deal, because that was that was his motto, right? Like you look at. Uh, you, I mean, WrestleMania three, Andre the Giant, uh, WrestleMania two, King Kong Bundy, you know. Uh, but then again, he he did wrestle some smaller guys. I mean, he wrestled Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, it's just he wrestled Sid, mm-hmm. and then I guess you could count the WrestleMania nine match against Yokozuna, <laughs> where he wrestled a big guy. But that's yeah, a story. Was, that's yeah. a story for a different day. Silly. Um, only only to drop it later on at the King of the Ring a few months later was stupid. 
Yeah, it was silly. I, I, I'm sure from well from what I hear, and I wouldn't. I don't blame Bret Hart for being upset, but I don't know if again there was some controversy there with that was the plan all along. And anyway, we can always get into that in another show. But uh, yeah, no. How about Mister Perfect with his overselling? Eh? Oh, that was Love great. It. There Love was it. a there was a spot I think. Uh, Perfect was thrown to the outside, and f- Perfect, for good measure, just did like a, f- I think it was a front somersault or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he usually did that. Yeah, and uh, that was a classic Mr. Perfect sell. Yeah. Um, a little oversell, some may say, but it, it's Mr. Perfect. He, <laughs> everything he does is perfect. Well, there you go. Well, because he's Mr. Perfect. And everything Rick Rude does is uh, simply ravishing. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> and yeah, Rick Rude was a great heel as well in this. Oh. Um and uh, yeah, this was a fun match. Again, Texas Tornado carried this match, uh, and then they Warrior came did, in, yeah. and then Warrior just kind of came in, wreaked havoc, and then yeah, got yeah. the pinfall victory, which, which was the name of the Ultimate Warrior, right? You, you got to protect right? him. Yeah, that's all you needed. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we go on to our next match. Wait a minute. Star rating. Star rating of the match. How much would you give it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, three stars. Yeah, sure. I'll give it 3.5. Sounds good. Okay, next. Alrighty. <laughs> the Legion of Doom Yeah. versus Demolition. Yes. The dream tag team match at some point. Around this time was uh, when they were starting to transition into Crush taking over Axis Spot. Yeah, and uh, it was weird because they did not have the face paint in this. They had masks, which they, was really They wore them the whole match, eh? Yeah, they yeah. did. They never took them off. Because I couldn't tell if this was like a rare occasion where it was Crush and Axe as opposed to Crush and Smash. Yeah. I Because I know for sure it was Crush was in the match. I think it was Axe. I think. It may it looked like it was Axe. Yeah. But again, maybe we're wrong. If if anyone wants <laughs> to let us know how wrong we are, this is, pretty short. this is a pretty short match. It was much shorter than what we were expecting. Yeah. This was this took place at Fort Wayne, Indiana, October thirtieth, nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, as you mentioned, this was a much shorter match than uh we were kind of expecting, but that was with all of Demolition's matches on this DVD, eh? We were expecting like these long, grandiose matches, but you know, they they ended up being much shorter than what uh, a lot of people thought they would be. There's no way this because I was expecting like eight minute match. There's yeah, no I was, was expecting. Minutes. I was. I think maybe this was, was like a four or five minute match. Yeah, maybe it was Six weird. Minutes. Yeah, it it just felt really short. And from what we got, it was I I was I was joking with you. I was I was like I can't wait for Hawk to no sell a pile driver and just continue <laughs> to wrestle because uh, that's the name of Hawk. Um, but really, there wasn't too much to this match. No. I mean. Legion of Doom somewhat controlled it throughout throughout this matchup, and I believe they won as well, didn't they? Legion of Doom, yeah. yeah. Hawk won with a clothesline. They didn't even yeah. need the Doomsday device. Yeah, I know. They did that yeah, once in a while. Yeah, no, no Doomsday device as well. It was just a clothesline, and they got the pin. So I don't know. It was I don't know what the thought was if they just wanted Two. to test people to see if they really wanted Legion of Doom versus Demolition. Two stars. Yeah, that was it. Was definitely a two star. There really isn't that much to talk about with it. No, there isn't. Because it was it was short. Yeah, I mean they the demolition wore masks throughout the entirety of the match. Um, We thought for a moment that it was going to be three on three because it looked like like Axe Smash and Crush were going to wrestle in a three on three. But I think that was part of the psychology. Who's going to do it? Because there was like a rotation, and then yeah, and then and then and then of course the Road Warriors came out, or the Legion of Doom in this case. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those matches like they've had with the Warrior as their partner, but I guess not. Now, question for you. Which one is the better theme? WWF's Legion of Doom theme 
or the WCW slash NWA Iron Man ripoff theme. Was it a ripoff or was it actually Iron Man? It was I a ripoff. Th- Are you sure? It, I it's thought a it was off. an actual. Because oh. instead of I am Iron Man, it's we are Iron, Iron Men. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was a changing of the notes. It's clearly a ripoff. Uh, well, you know what? I, I feel like their LOD theme is kind of a ripoff, too. It must be. A, a, little, what? a little bit of, of the Iron Man when you listen to the. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, I could hear Yeah. I could hear that. I don't. Oh, that's a tough call. Because WCW oh. themes, they're cheesy, but they're like a good wrestling 80s cheesy. You know what I mean? Well, they, even, they even had a the WCW 90s. theme. Remember when they came in for a while as the Road Warriors in like the mid-90s? They were like they weren't the same, and they sometimes no. they had like blue shoulder pads on. They were facing that teams was like weird. Harlem Heat, and it wasn't the same. Yeah, it wasn't the same. No, um, that was very weird. That yeah, I don't know uh, which the oh jeez, because uh, because obviously Iron Man is Iron Man. I like their WWF theme. I can't say their I don't. WWF theme. I I love as well. Um, I I don't think there's any denying that that yeah. it's a great theme. Uh, I'll pick that just for argument's sake. Just for argument's yeah. sake? The WWF theme? Yeah. I think I'll go with the WWF theme as well. Oh, well, that's no fun. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm no fun. <laughs> I'm no fun. Um, but yeah, this was a short match. Nothing really much else to say. Next match, it's War Eagle versus Dale Wolf. Now, you may be thinking, who is War Eagle? Yeah. Well, it's actually Tatanka. Um, and uh, you were mentioning to me like the whole progression of Tatanka as a wrestling character. So he debuted as War Eagle, and then what was the other name he had before? Uh, I don't remember if it was before or after, but he wrestled. I think it was after he wrestled under his real name. I'm pretty sure as Chris Chavez. Okay. And then it was Tatanka. Okay. After they signed him on, War Eagle wouldn't have been a terrible name, I guess. But I don't know. It kind of borders on that whole. Slightly racist. Yeah. That's the only thing. But Tatanka was virtually the same thing. Uh, sometimes he'd come out in the headdress anyway. Yeah. What I found hilarious about this, though, was they had him come out to crank it up by Jimmy Hart. Yeah, it was so weird. Just a really uh, great song. Don't oh, get yeah. Me wrong. Like, it was great for like the Young Stallions, uh, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. Yeah. And actually, we heard it uh, on disc one when Earthquake Evans took on Paul Roma. But this was not fitting for War it Eagle. It was really weird. <laughs> it was like, what? We were expecting, you know, Tatanka's theme to, to Yeah. Hit. And it was it was something crank similar. it up for my power of glory. This didn't make any sense. It was weird. It was uh it was a little disorienting. Another thing to note from this match, Tatanka is massive in this Oh, yeah. Match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I think was, he's uh, actually bigger before he his actual Tatanka persona. Yeah, I, I probably, he probably was probably told to lay off the juice a little bit. I mean, he was still Jack, but yeah, yeah you're right. He was, uh, this he was more a year, like a bodybuilder. This was a year before the steroid trial. Yeah. So it's probably what you mentioned there. Probably told him to cut it down a little yeah. bit because he, but he was a massive dude. Yeah. He, he was, he was just, Swole. He was, he was a massive dude. Now, here's an interesting fact that I told you. Um, so, obviously, Tatanka went on that long winning streak, right? Which unfortunately didn't really lead to anything. He just kind of won matches. I don't remember him winning an Intercontinental Championship. He had a shot, but apparently, from what I've, I know, I've at WrestleMania Nine, he had yeah, a match with Shawn. Yeah, yeah. Was that? I think that was. Was that before or after the undefeated streak? Well, I guess he kind of got defeated anyway. Or no, he you know he won by DQ or something. Yes. 
So yeah, that was uh, you're right. He he should have got, but apparently like some backstage yeah. politics kind of yeah screwed yeah. him over. Well, yeah, it's Sean. But uh, it was interesting. The person that beat him uh, on the streak, Ludwig Borgia. Thanks people, to Yokozuna's interference. I yes. Think, yes. Um, finger. <laughs> and uh, people remember Ludwig Borgia. Um, Ludwig <laughs> Borgia. And he, he didn't really develop into it much. After. You know what? Apparently, I was reading one time, he was he, he actually got elected to office in Finland. He's a politician. And oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. He was an MMA guy. Well, here's the here's interesting note on the MMA thing. He wrestled in the UFC. Yeah. And uh, you know... Who uh, he faced, I believe, at UFC 7 or 8. Who? Randy the Natural Couture. How about that? Small yeah. world. And he was Randy the Natural Couture's first opponent in the UFC. Yeah. And at the time, people had Tony Hall uh, winning because mm-hmm. they had no idea who this Randy Couture guy was. <laughs> and then Couture just beat the living crap out of him. Jeez. And uh, he became the UFC heavyweight uh, legend. As we know him today. How about that? Yeah. Known for his legendary fights with Chuck Liddell as well. Yep. Um, And uh, known for the ultimate comeback from retiring and winning the UFC Heavyweight Championship. So how about that, eh? How about that? Trivia. Trivia. Yeah, this match was a one. Squash. (laughs) Yeah, it was a squash. It was a squash match. There really wasn't much else to go off of it. So yeah, I'll agree with that. That's a one star. Uh, It was just mainly to showcase the Tonga. A lot longer than I was expecting in terms of a squash. Yeah, really. But uh, nonetheless, uh, War Eagle, sorry I should say, got the victory. We go to another skit Mm -hmm. and uh, Charlie Caruso pulled out a pin and it said, yes, I am a model. <laughs> For those who are not aware, that is Rick the Model Martell. And they were introducing that as well. And I, I believe in this one, we also got another mention of Lord Alfred Hayes in this skit. Did we? Because I know we got a mention one? of the arrogance spray, but I oh we got a mention of the oh that's the, this one yeah. this was the one with the with arrogance the spray weird and it turned music. into like some weird softcore porn sort of deal, and it was just like these skits yeah. were awkward. Which I'm not gonna lie, does kind of sound exciting when you when you think of who was you know. I mean, let's be real. You wouldn't kick Charlie Caruso out of bed for eating Triscuits, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was oh. it was cheesy. Uh, it was it was about as cheesy as the cheese you would put on, Mooney, on those Triscuits. So they, yeah, <laughs> they made Sean Mooney look like a goof. Oh, it gets worse, dude. Trust me. As as the can't end wait for disc three. Uh, Cannot um, wait. All I can say is just watch till the very very end for uh, disc three. It's uh, yeah, they, they make because they make Sean Mooney kind of look like a senile old man in this, but but he's like in his fifties, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. It's not that old. No, it's not. But the problem is, is it, today, right? You notice how they make all that stuff look like it was embarrassing. That you know, this era is the best era. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not gonna get that. That could be like a whole other show. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. So they, they well, because they yeah, and, and the match that they were introducing was well, a type of match not. Or, sorry, we all thought it was simply relegated to WrestleMania 7, but I'll let you continue. Yes, as you mentioned, <laughs> it, we, we, we only thought this match was hap- happened at WrestleMania 7. It turned out this was also at a house show in Savannah, Georgia, January 29th, 1991. I believe this is a couple months before WrestleMania. Yeah, it was a little test run, I guess. Um, and this between? was the blindfold match mm-hmm. between Rick the Model Martell and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes, love this. And uh, if you've seen the WrestleMania 7 match and you've seen this match, um, you could definitely see where a lot of the influences came from. Sure. Um, now, it's interesting with the blindfold match. 
It's gimmicky. No doubt about it. This well, is very gimmick gimmicky. Match, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, super gimmicky. No. You know what I mean? Um, but one of the things... Yeah, at least you have one of the best ring psychologists in Jake the Snake Roberts to try and lead this thing. Now, one of the things yeah. that we both really appreciated about the match, and, and same goes with WrestleMania Seven, was how they were able to utilize the crowd uh, for this blindfold match. Because the way they would have it was uh, Jake uh, was the babyface, Rick the Model Martell was the heel, and uh, Jake would point in the direction... And whenever and no, when the crowd was cheering super loudly, that's where he would go. And you know what? That's pretty smart. I'm not gonna lie. That's that's an entertaining way to, and not and and and, and also get the crowd invested into it as well. It was great. It was it was yeah. awesome. Um, so that I thought that was brilliant uh, yeah, on that good, part. Good storytelling. Good psychology. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it all, it was a lot of it was just missing and. Uh, Running into the turnbuckle and bumping into each other just yeah. when you thought you hit him and then you, you missed them again. And where is he? Swinging a punch and it not being there, them going to the mat and that sort of deal. I thought that was kind of the beauty of it, though. I really did because yeah. it's like, oh, ye- oh, no, no, that way, that way, go, go, you know. Because picture yourself if you were in that crowd, right? With, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, it was very silly. But it was also kind of smart in its own special way. It was unique, especially for that time. Yeah. So. And uh, again, as, as, as I mentioned before, when you got a guy like Jake the Snake Roberts to lead this match, I'm sure it'll, it'll be much better than what people would expect. To well, be. And, and Rick Martel is a fantastic worker and, in his and, own right. And, and, yeah, well, definitely. He was, he was in great shape in this match. Oh, he's probably the best shape, probably the best shape of his career, most likely, yeah. uh, from what I gather. Um, again, j- this was 91 as well, so this is like a year pre-steroid <laughs> yeah, trial. Exactly, but. right, yeah. But uh, just, just one quick thing to note, too, is that Martel being the heel in this one, you notice what he did with the mask. Remember he took it off? Yeah. Right? And then he and then he went after Jake or whatever. And then well eventually the ref uh kind of tried to break it up. Jeff or Jake Jeff. Jeff Jeff, Jeff the Jared. Snake. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Jake the snake uh cinched in the the head of Rick Martel. Yeah. Dropped the DDT on him, but it took a few seconds for him to pin him because yeah. he couldn't find he him. Couldn't find him. Yes. It was pretty it was, it was pretty And good this was back at the time when finish when most of the finishers were protected, and there were no false finishes unless you were Hulk Hogan. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, there I guess there were, but not certainly not as many as today. Yeah, like a DDT was a finisher. Yeah, you know what I mean. It well, was, the reason why I pointed out is like it took a while, and he still got the three count pinfall, right? Mm-hmm. Like in today's wrestling thing, that would just be you know they would have done that about five times. There would have been seven flips. <laughs> No selling. Die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, they they protected the finisher, which I, I liked. We don't see enough of that for a lot. Like, obviously, we see that for Reigns. But even then, Reigns gets his finisher kicked out. Cena's starting to feel the effects of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like me a good, you know, protected finisher. Oh, it gives Because sure. it builds up credibility for the wrestler, right? Yep. It's like, as soon as you see it, it's like, boom. Because no you want to talk about protected finishers, Again, I, I mentioned Japan a lot, but Kenta Kobashi's Burning Hammer mm-hmm. only used seven times in in his uh, wrestling career, and every single time he won with it. 
Right. That's so, the whole thing. That was the whole thing about the burning hammer and why so many people wanted to see it. Oh, it's like, yeah, Jake the Snake cinched in that DDT. You knew you're not getting up from that. Yep. Unless you were the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Hulk Hogan, maybe. But yeah. Yeah. No, I know. So uh, this blindfold match, uh, it was entertaining to watch. I loved it. Um, it there was, to me, it had its silly moments, um, but I understood the psychology of it, and like I understood like how it would get people engaged. Mm-hmm. Still, to me though, I, I still found it just a tad bit silly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I appreciated it. I'll give it a four. Wow, really? Absolutely giving it a four. Wow, I, I wouldn't go that high. I'm going a four. You're going a full <laughs> four. All right, I'm 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 sticking with three. Okay. But uh, I, but don't get me wrong, like I, I enjoyed it just because of the type of match that it was. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, to me, it was just still a little too silly, and uh, and I understand this is the WWF, and silly yeah. was the name of the game at that time. But mm-hmm. it's just it's there's there's a line, <laughs> you right. know. Well, we're gonna get to that line when we get to a certain match involving some, uh, you know. Yeah. Thank God it only lasted one night. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Oh, stay tuned for this, folks. We have a lot to say about that match. Um, Alrighty. Next match up uh, took place in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Ah. Uh, On July 8th, 1991, it was the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, this time accompanied by Sherry Martell. Yes. uh, versus, Versus Sid Justice. Yeah, before he had theme song. Yeah, no music for Sid Justice in this. <laughs> and uh, we both agreed that Sid is a much better heel than he is a babyface. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's not even close. Yeah, this match was all right. Um, you know, it, bo- both guys got their stuff in, Sid being the power guy. Sherry was so vocal. Oh, she was super vocal. Sherry was very vocal. She was um, she was staring right into the camera yeah, at some point. She's a pro. And, uh, Sherry was awesome in this. Um, DB Aussie had a lot more control of it though than I thought. I mean, yeah. given there was some cheating tactics, the loaded yeah. purse buying the rest back and all yeah. that, but that was okay. Well, he he was he really led the match, obviously, because yeah, Sid's not the best wrestler. Oh uh, no, but, but he uh, he, he for, definitely for looks he was, the part. He what he looked the part, and for for a big man, you know, who wasn't really known as the as as being most agile, he was okay. But you're right. <laughs> Let's be real. It's kind of ironic, eh? How like I think what four or five years later, these two uh, ended up coming together uh, yep. with DiBiase as his manager, yep. our corporation. That's funny. But uh, yeah, no, this was uh, this was okay. Yeah, wouldn't give it a high rating. No, but I uh, three. I wouldn't even give it. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, I'd say three. Sorry, do you have anything else to? No, I, I was just I was just gonna say. Uh, uh, there's been so many versions of Sid as well. Sid Justice, Sid Vicious, Psycho, Psycho Sid. Sid, Sid, um, just Sid, <laughs> Psycho Sid Vicious, Lord Humongous, <laughs> uh, Sid Eudy. Uh, well, but uh, <laughs> you know him personally, do you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you uh, did have him on the show as a guest, didn't you? We tried to one time. I thought you. Oh, we reached out to him, but we we actually we actually got a phone number. Funny enough, but we could never get a phone call through. It's too bad. It was really weird. I don't know if you'll want to come on now, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably not. We love you, Sid. <laughs> we love you, Sid. He was actually here in Ottawa uh, for yes, a retirement was. tour for Great North Wrestling. Yes, he was. And uh, so, in- interesting there. Um, face off against, uh, I think his name's. Oh yeah, Peter Rosenberg. Uh, Peter Rosenberg. 
Yeah, the, yeah. What, what did he go by this time? The Messiah? Or was he the Mes- convict or just Peter? Or he was just, the Messiah. No, it was Paul Rosenberg. Paul Rosenberg. Paul Rosenberg. Sorry, I'm thinking of the radio host. I'm like, that's not maybe Peter. we have a listener named Peter Rosenberg who's like loyal since day one, and now we don't have him anymore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Petey. Sorry, uh, Petey. <laughs> Petey Williams is listening in. Um, no, but uh, I I always preferred the Psycho Sid. Ah. I think I think a lot of people prefer the psycho Sid, no doubt, because because I think it just fit him perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Sid has also come out and said that he loved working heel much rather than a babyface. There you so, go. So and, yeah. and and it was clear. It's he's got it's kind of like Randy Orton. You could tell he loves being a heel way more than a babyface. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty obvious sometimes. Um, but this match, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, DiBiase did a good job of uh, controlling the match. One thing I do have to note. Sid's powerbomb. The thing about his powerbomb is like with other powerbombs, they wait till the guy gets all the way yeah. up and then throw him down. Sid in this one, he just midway through DiBiase trying to set himself up, he just threw him down and just like he landed like yeah. good top part of his neck mm-hmm. or, or sorry, bottom part of his neck, yeah. I should say. Dangerous. Ooh, he landed was, on his knees with this was, one. Yeah. It was brutal. And then and then as you mentioned, he got got on his knees and did yeah. the pin. So uh, yeah. again, this was this was a match that was there. Yeah. Um, we then go on to the casket match, the uh, Ultimate Warrior versus the Undertaker. Yeah. This took place in Rochester, New York, August nineteenth, nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be honest, I've never been a fan of casket matches. Um, really? Never, never got into the gimmick as other people have. Um, and this to me was no different. I did not get into this match. I, uh, hmm. I understood the crowd getting in by the ultimate warrior and that sort of stuff. But to me, it was short, a little anticlimactic, um, and really nothing much else. Well, and Paul Bearer's, uh, Paul Bearer was fantastic. Was that was a highlight, <laughs> Paul Bearer. But Paul Bearer is always a highlight in everything. Yeah, I don't know if I like this as much as their body bag match at uh, Madison Square Garden, I think it was, or any of the other matches that they've had. But, uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't. You couldn't really expect a technical showing either, right? I mean, they were both kind of. Well, Warrior had his. <laughs> well, the bell rang. You know, he has clotheslines <laughs> and his splashes and his the shoulder block, the tackle, and the whatever. But in the gorilla press, which I don't think he was going to do to Taker, but Taker, of course, had that slow, methodical th- way about him. So I mean, you know, he. I thought it was okay for what it was worth. Um, I don't know if it went on longer than we expected or shorter, but it kind of, I don't know, I thought it got the job done. Yeah, I, I just, I think maybe it's just mainly because I'm not a fan of the match type, so mm-hmm. I didn't get invested into it as maybe somebody who, who would have watched WWF at that time would. I like them when they're done right. Certainly wasn't as good as like a Yokozuna versus Undertaker. Yeah. Survivor Series 94. Nice. But uh, that was a good one because it was there were so many close calls and yeah. whatever or any other maybe casket match I can't think of right now. Maybe mm. he had one against Shawn Michaels at some point, didn't he, too? The, yeah, yeah, and, and that's that, that casket match was the one that uh, pretty much ended Michaels' career for a time being. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, th- I, I think that's also why I'm not a big fan of the casket matches because of just the bump that uh, Michaels took because he just clipped his back on it and it just looked, oh, Yeah, bad. just too bad. But, um, uh, yeah, this was okay. It was, I don't know, I'd give it like a three. I wouldn't uh, even give it a three. I would give really? it like a... Two? 
two and three quarter. Man, not even not even. Ooh, that's so that's close to three. I know, but it's like <laughs> I didn't. Eat, I I don't know. Yeah. All right. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It's just like I'm trying to be fair, but it's like because I'm not a big fan of the match type. But no. to me, it was just kind of like. <laughs> and I know it's funny to say this with the Undertaker in the ring, but it didn't seem very. Uh, didn't grip you. Didn't grip me. No. Mm. But. Uh, All right. Uh, that's uh, and that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, next match we got up was Ric Flair yeah. versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Much more exciting. Took match. place in Huntington, West Virginia, October first, nineteen ninety-one. Yep. Ric Flair. I'm going to say this right now. Ric Flair is my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm just going to set it out there. That way, people know that I may have a bias. Ooh, I love the nature Woo. boy. Um, uh, greatest wrestler of all time, no. But definitely uh, definitely one of the greatest. My um, my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah. Uh, that th- doesn't necessarily mean I think he's the greatest wrestler of all time. He was just the wrestler that I enjoyed watching the most. Of course. Um, love his promos. He can't see. Uh, promos are great. Um, this match was fun. I had a I had a fun time watching this match. Um, I think Roddy doesn't get enough credit for some of his in ring skills. Sometimes he's not he's not going to be like world class <laughs> technician or anything no, like he that. Wasn't um, at all. And some of and some of his strikes were pretty lousy. But speaking of a good promo guy, though, Piper was Piper. fantastic. He knew how to work a crowd. Yeah. yeah. He he told he got on a mic before the the match and said that he was going to click. F- Click, kick Flair's butt. Yeah, that 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 he that he yeah he said I'm here for one reason that's to kick your butt or something. Yeah, yeah. This is before the Attitude Era, or even this era where they would say they would kick your ass, but uh, and chew bubble gum and chew bubble but I'm gum. I'm all out of bubble gum. Yes, I. If he said that, instant five stars. But <laughs> uh, this match, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, Flair did a lot of great uh, selling, of course, because he's Ric Flair. Yes. Um, we had the classic Flair flop in this match. Um, and uh, Rowdy, Roddy Piper, uh, also, I thought he looked pretty good as well. There were a couple of moments where his strikes were pretty wacky um, and a little all over the place. Um, and, he, and he certainly wasn't, like, the best in-ring performer. But it was Piper. He was like a wild brawler. That was he was thing. a great character, and, that's, and, that's, and he no. played his character to a T. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some uh, some funny tactics too, like um, you know, behind, with, with with the with the ref coming in when the other one was down and counting, uh, when when Flair tried to do the roll up, but then it somehow didn't count when the other ref got up, and then there were, and then Flair did the roll up and it counted to three. Yeah. And there wasn't an announcement though by the ring announcers, so I, it was, I was weird. Confused. Yeah, and then Piper tried to attack him. Yeah. Uh, it was just a way for uh, Flair to keep his title, and of course Rowdy Roddy Piper to not take a pinfall loss. Yeah, you're right. Because he doesn't take pinfall losses, as far as I know. He's kind of like Hogan in a sense, but well, he 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 did against the Hitman at uh, WrestleMania. But he'll 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 do it when he feels it's right. Oh yeah. But he's not gonna lose. Not gonna take a pinfall loss at, at a house show in <laughs> Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I had a, I had a fun time watching this match. I love Ric Flair. Of course. Love 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 Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I I you didn't see the thirty for thirty on him, eh? Not yet, but I will. No, it's uh. It's a high recommendation that you check out the 30 for 30. It's on my um, list. It's, uh, it does a great job of uh, looking at his career. And the stuff that they talk about with Reed Flair, boy, it's uh, heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I told you one of the quotes from it, and uh, 
I won't spoil it for people, but boy, it's uh, really gets at yeah. But the high notes are the fact that he had an illustrious career and mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, okay. I'll watch it. So we had another skit. Uh, <laughs> they were talking about Mr. Madness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just uh, these skits. Well, we, let's let's see. You know what? Let's let's set it up, right? Because they were talking about okay, ninety. Because this was ninety-one that uh, this Mr. Madness stuff happened. Yes, this was after the WrestleMania uh, with uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Retirement this was, match. This was the retirement match. Seven WrestleMania seven, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah WrestleMania seven. Yeah. Yeah, I said seven. Did I? I don't know if you did or not, but I'll just say it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I, I I I maybe I didn't even say. I think you just said WrestleMania. Yeah. I think I just said WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, this was after WrestleMania seven. Uh, and, uh, this was when he, when he reunited with, uh, Miss Elizabeth, yep. um, and, uh, he was in, a, Jake the Snake Roberts crashed the, uh, wedding, mm-hmm. um, and led to quite possibly one of the best feuds that WWF put, put in, uh, if you ask some people, um, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Macho Man Randy Savage. That, that was, that, that was like great 92. I wish it lasted a little bit longer than it did, but, yeah. uh. Uh, Jake as a heel is phenomenal. The best work that he's ever done. Very much so. Uh, and uh, I believe this was before uh, Tuesday in Texas. You bet. Tuesday in Texas was 90. No. Oh, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. I'm going to search that up now. Oh, yes, because this was... Because I know they had a match on Saturday Night's Main Event in, like, 92. Yeah. Well, well, this was the point where, uh, technically, Randy what hadn't been reinstated yet to wrestle. So that's why he wrestled as, you know, Mr. Madness. December 3rd. Third. So, yeah, this was this was before this, uh, this Tuesday. So this Texas. Tuesday in Texas was December, and yeah. uh, this match was... Uh, November 12th, my birthday. There you go. So it was a month. So it was a month before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. November twelfth, great date. So the Mister Madness thing was sort of like a ruse, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, well, it was weird because it's like he wasn't even wearing a mask. At, le- at least with no. the machines, at least with Hulk machine and Giant machine and Big machine, Super they wore machine. masks. Yeah. Super machine, they wore masks and they had a different getup. It was just Macho Man Randy Savage, and he even wore a shirt with Macho Man on it. And he called himself yeah. Mr. Madness. He had the same theme. He, he also wore the built same from hat. Sarasota, Florida. Everyone yes. knew it was him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they got away with that. Yeah. I, I was. I'm wondering if you know the house show run during that time was low, and they needed to put Randy Savage in, which would. Doesn't seem likely because the next match is Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, which we'll get to, <laughs> which was on the same night that we watched it. You uh, know what? You're right. I'm looking at the dates and the location now. You're right. Yeah. That was the main event. Yeah. WWE Championship. Weird. But, uh, no, this match was good. Uh, I, 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 again, as you mentioned, Jake the Snake Roberts, great heel. Oh, um, just a fantastic heel. Um, of course, we had an interview with Jake the Snake Roberts right here on Wrestling With Ideas. Check it out, wrestlingwithideas.pobby.com. That was my first radio interview. Was, was it your first? Yes. It was good. I, I really love Jake the Snake Roberts hearing his insights on the biz. It was very good. Uh, and uh, so definitely check that out there. And we talked about this feud as well. Um, and one of the funny things uh, hearing uh, Jake talk was uh, him, how he handled the snake. Yeah. And how the snake would sometimes just crap all over the place and he would have to deal with it and he had to keep it safe and that sort of deal. Yeah. It's like, if, you're, if you have a fear of snakes... That is not a fun job. She's not a cobra. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this was a great match. Um, and of course, the setup this Tuesday in Texas match. Um, and and again, at this point, uh, Macho Man hadn't been fully reinstated into the company yet because he was still technically retired. Yeah. So this this was a way around it, Mister Madness. But it was it was Macho Man. Um, next match. This was this match right here. Uh, I. It's either this match or one of the matches later that's my favorite match of the DVD so far. Okay. And, and I'm including disc one as well. Um, mm. So. What was your favorite, just to recap, from disc one? I believe, what was my favorite from this one? I think it was uh, one of the, I'm trying to remember. I'm going back Warrior into Warrior and Macho? Uh, I, I believe it was the Warrior, I think it was the final Ultimate Warrior and Macho. Macho King. Yeah, the Macho King match. Yeah. No, actually, I I think actually my favorite match on that was Randy Savage versus Pedro. Are you serious? <laughs> it was Pedro I, I really I really yes. love that match. I, I, love I think it. about I love it more, it. and I love it love every it. single time. Okay, Pedro That's, was such a great baby face, yeah, man. Good, yeah, I loved Pedro in that. Yeah. Um, it was either that one or the or the uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Macho King. But which is funny because I kept on crapping on Ultimate Warrior, but I'll, I'll I'll compliment a good match when I see one. Absolutely, uh, they 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 had good matches. Now it's, it's funny because Flair and Hogan, right? Like, like at this time, you'd think, because originally, well, this is like a year later for WrestleMania um, 8, these two, I mean, it was like logical, right? Yeah. Big star in Ric Flair in the NWA. Yep. Big star in WWF at the time with Hulk Hogan. You knew that these two were going to cross paths at some point. They yep. build it up. From what we've heard, though, house shows, maybe like this one, for some reason, they didn't make as much off these guys as they thought, and that's why they changed the WrestleMania main events. But at the same time, I don't know. I thought this was all right, considering the two combatants. This was solid. It was this good was psychology. Fine. It was a good match. Yeah. It's it's not one of Flair's better matches, but it was a fine match. Yeah. Oh, just to, by the way, the quick star rating, because just to wrap up, Mr. Madness, Jake the Snake. Mr. Madness, Macho Man, did got himself disqualified with a chair, and yes. uh, Jake the Snake ran away. Yeah. But yeah, back to Hogan and Flair for the championship. Uh, same show. I enjoyed this. Uh, it was a long match. Yeah. It, was, it was quite a lengthy match. I would say that was a 20-minute match. Um, and, uh, Flair, again, Flair's Flair. He was awesome. He came out with uh, Mr. Perfect as well. His executive consultant. His executive consultant as as he was announced. Um, and, uh, Hogan was Hogan. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, there were some moments where it kind of dragged a little bit, but, uh, in terms of overall match quality, um, again, I'm a big Ric Flair fan, so I enjoyed it. (laughs) And, uh. I love them both. I, uh. And and you asked me this uh, too, which one did you prefer, Flair or Hogan? And I told you that Ric Flair was my favorite mm-hmm. wrestler of all time, so I, I would pick Flair in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also picked Flair, but you said Hogan was also not that far off. Right? No, he, to me Hogan's like a close second. Although as far as success throughout, I mean you can't you can't deny Hogan because like I yeah. said, right, Flair came in. Maybe you could argue he could have been used. A little bit like he was in the NWA, but the fact of the matter is, more people when they think of wrestling, rightly or wrongly, they think of Hulk Hogan, not Ric Flair. Yeah, and you can I, you can argue with me all you want if if you like, but it's true. Yeah, that's unfortunate because Ric Flair was better on the mic, mm-hmm. and I just liked him better personally as far yeah. as like I said, just his overall appearance. 
but I can't take anything away from the Hulkster either. No, definitely so. not. I, I, I mean, I just, I just love everything that Flair did. Yeah. So, um, just a character-wise, he felt like a real character. Yeah. Um, In-ring-wise, still one of the best. That guy can go for hours, and it was incredible too because apparently, he, like, he was like heavy drinking before these matches. He wouldn't show up drunk, but like, yeah, he would have like he would have these heavy binges, and he would still be able to pull out a sixty-minute. You know, yeah. See, maybe a better wrestler than Hogan, but still not a great. I feel like he had the same match all the time. Oh, Flair? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but he, but he was, he, but it was an entertaining match. It, it, it was, and he knew how to sell. But it if was you look insane. at like Steamboat and 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 Flair, those those that's one of the greatest wrestlers. Those of all time. those those trilogy matches. That trilogy matches. Uh, that trilogy up matches. Sorry. Was fantastic. If uh, if Ricky Steamboat had better like mic skills, I think he would have definitely been. Well, he's already one of the greatest baby yeah. faces of all time. But yeah, I think he's definitely would have been. He would uh, he would have been up there over Flair. It depends because you got to separate it, right? Yeah, promo ability and all that. Like Randy Savage to me is the whole package. Mm-hmm. That right there is my guy. Uh, I'm a huge Bret Hart fan mm-hmm. wrestling, but I agree his promos were very bad. Although uh, I think '97 Bret as a heel much better, very underrated, and doesn't get enough respect. It Although should. I still I still love the steel cage match afterwards when Vince McMahon came out and he just cussed on him. Yeah, funny. It was so funny. That's the thing, actually. As far as like, if you're an attitude era, you guy, keep turning a blind eye. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing. People, you know, they say okay, Stone Cold for the attitude era, The Rock. Listen, you you got to give Bret Hart a little bit of credit for helping usher that. Oh, definitely, era in, especially the screw job. Definitely like WrestleMania 13 with with helping to establish. Well, Austin. and Montreal '97. Well, Montreal. Well, well, he he was an unwilling participant in Montreal, but no, but I mean, like nobody spat on their boss on live TV, right? I that's mean, true, you know, and started, you know, yeah, but that, but but that was like that was more promotion. like people knew that was Vince that did that, and so they wanted to see him get beat up, and Austin was the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the screw job in a lot of ways like helped to establish Austin, as you mentioned, but I, I don't know if that was necessarily Brett. Well, the screw job didn't, but the WrestleMania 13 match did. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, as as like a as a valiant fighting babyface. Oh, definitely. A bad. And this is the cool thing about Austin going on a sidebar is he to me a guy like Austin as far as like babyfaces went. He really was one of those guys who really I think trend was like a bit of a trendsetter because gone were the clean cut babyfaces. Yeah. Like the Hogans and despite some biting, <laughs> <laughs> even Bret Hart, right? Austin was like an anti-hero in a sense where yeah. he did what he wanted to. Originally he was a heel, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually that kind of got, you know, it kind of it kind of almost had to turn into a babyface by default, right? Yeah. Kind of like The Rock, but I feel like Austin first because he was like I said, everyone liked him even though he's not someone that you could you know, say that like this is like my clean cut friend. Like he's he's walking straight and narrow. No, he he had a code of ethics. He. He wouldn't like push an old lady, no. you know, in front of a car. But you know, he did what he wanted to. Yeah, that was different back in the time. I was like, whoa, okay, I'm yeah, okay, I bought a lot, this. A yeah. lot of people didn't see that uh, mm-hmm. when that would happen. So, yeah. no, I, I totally agree. Um, and then in Canada, Brett was cheered anyway when he turned heel. His yeah. Day, so, yeah. So, um, but what? no, as far as like Hogan Flair, I mean, just a couple spots in the match. Um, Trying to think here. Uh, perfect hand in the Nux, the brass Nux. Yep. 
didn't really pay off because no. Hogan's not going to sell that, right? No, Hogan's not going to sell for a lot of things because <laughs> he's Hulk Hogan. This ended in like a like a DQ or something, didn't it? Count out. The count out. That's right. One of those classic '90s. Uh, yeah. Flair tried to get in, but just couldn't get in in time. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, they were. Yeah, they're fighting on the outside, and then Hogan kind of snuck underneath. Yeah. It was sort of heelish. I it found, is. Eh? It yeah. was. It was. It was really heelish. Yeah. And he and he did a eye rake too during <laughs> this match. It was really weird. I was expecting that from Flair. I wasn't expecting that from Hogan. But then again, you start to see why people started to dislike Hogan, right? You know what? It's funny you say that because yeah, like around like the '92 Rumble. Remember when Sid eliminated Hogan? Yes. People were cheering. And if you if you watch the original, that is. Yeah. If you look at the the nowadays the edited stuff. I'm pretty sure they mix up the crowd the crowd sounds a little bit to make it look like uh people were booing it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that if you look at the um original, original 1992 Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. you'll notice people were cheering Sid to get rid of Hogan. Yeah. Cuz people were starting to get unfortunately get sick of the Well, I mean, at that point like WrestleMania was 1985, the original one, right? Yeah. And that was when Hogan got it big. Yeah. It was 92 at that point. Like you yeah. you've only got so much lo- so much longer on top, right? That was 7 years at that point, right? Which I find interesting. Especially with the Cena era? Be, well, no, I find it interesting cuz like when he came back like in 93, yep. He was still getting cheers, Hogan. Well, I think that, I think people needed a break from him. Yeah, how can I miss you if you won't go away? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, you know, the whole stuff with Brett uh, at WrestleMania 9, 9, I think it really was the peak of yeah. uh, people not really wanting Hogan. And then, of course, in WCW, when he came in, there was a lot more boos uh, over the next couple of years. So uh, People were still cheering him. They though. were still cheering him, but the, the boos were more noticeable. The heel, turn, the the heel turn was necessary, and I think Very it was so. really good. And was it 96? By 96, Bash at the yeah. Beach. Bash yeah. at the Beach. I'm glad it happened when it happened. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he did it well. You know well. what's funny? He wasn't even supposed to be the original guy. It was Sting, wasn't it? Was it was supposed to be Sting, which I found... Imagine yeah. how, how the course of history would change if sting was the one that joined the nwo i'll be i'll be honest right now i th- i'm i don't care you can set you i'm gonna get lynched oh i think don't sting- do it don't do it man <laughs> don't do it please don't okay i'll say this he's not hulk hogan <laughs> okay all right say say it now i have to know what you yeah i, have I to think sting is horribly overrated Wow. Uh, very overrated. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, I know we were talking off air. What was like your favorite thing persona? I had a favorite persona, but as far as like, not nah, performer, not even in my top 10. Wow. Not even my top, top 20, maybe not even in my top 10. So you weren't a fan of the flair matches or the matches with Barry I Windham, was because it was flair. Lex Luger. No, I could, well, I couldn't stand Luger. No, I actually like Sting sense. better than Luger. <laughs> Barry Windham. Love Barry Windham. Arn Anderson. Love Arn. Oh, <laughs> Arn should have been world champion. Oh, he should have been, yeah. Somewhere. But, uh, yeah, um, no, I just, I'm not a Sting, Mark. Wow. I do think he still should have beat Triple H with that Mania a few years ago, but. That's, <laughs> that's a, uh, again, that's another different story, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. You, have you, have, have I gone on a Triple H rant on this show yet? I think you have, but have I'll let you go on another one. No, 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 go ahead. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not going to do it because we have, we have other matches to get to, That's but right. we will, 
it, this won't be the last. This might be the last of me. I don't know. But if you ever have <laughs> me on again, I, I'm going to go on one. Well, well, you're you're. I think you're almost guaranteed another one because of uh, we have a third disc right. to review. No. So although on the third disc, I don't because Triple H isn't even on it. So I don't think I don't yeah. think I'm going to go on a rant unless we get like talking about the click or something. But yeah. we'll we'll cross that bridge when we we'll, get to we'll it. We'll probably be doing like a Survivor Series review probably if you want to watch Survivor Series. We'll get, we'll leave it on a cliffhanger though. Uh, Triple H, I'm not his biggest. Uh, I'm not. I'm not, yeah. not a big admirer of. You his. made it pretty <laughs> evidently clear about Triple H. <laughs> I I think. <laughs> all right, here's the thing with Triple H. Okay, because now now I'm on this. Now I'm on this. No. Nah. <laughs> the thing with Triple H, he's an interesting character. In Boy, is history. he ever. Uh you know, there's a lot of people that have mixed feelings on him. Uh, some more than others in this case. <laughs> um, in my in my estimation of Triple H, I think what he's doing right now with NXT and that sort of business, mm-hmm. I think it's solid. I think he's got Pretty a good, good. base yep. there. And I think he understands he needs future. Um, I think at the end of it, though, at the end of all of it, it all leads back to him. Uh, it's like... Uh, if you listen back to my interview with Justin Roberts, he mentions this too. Mm-hmm. A lot of what he does really helps with his ego, right? Make him look good, yeah. right? Um, so if his guys are are losing, he's going to let it be known and defend them. Obviously, because I think they like he respects them, mm-hmm. but they're his guys, and he doesn't want to be associated with losers, right? So like he, he, yeah. he he'll look out for guys like Joe and Balor. And you know Enzo, Enzo, like these guys, because those are his guys that yep. he helped to produce in NXT. Mm-hmm. I mean, in NXT they call him like Dad or something <laughs> like that. Like he's their NXT but, dad. Here's their <sighs> he's their wrestling dad, right? Yeah. Um, and Finn has made it pretty clear that he's he's. That's another one that I'm not sold on at all. You're not sold on Finn? Nope. Like I like the gimmick, but he's like the ultimate warrior to me. Once the bell rings, wow. it's, all, it's all over. Oh, that's that's so wow. <laughs> okay. Uh I, I disagree with the in ring thing. I I don't think he's as great as other people make him out to be, but I don't think he's ultimate warrior levels. No, I mean like he's better than the warrior. Oh, in the ring, okay, okay. I, I, I thought you were saying he was ultimate I was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, all right. Um yeah. I, I don't think he's like lights out in ring performer, but I think he's I think there's a charisma about him and I think there's a thing behind him. I don't see any charisma. I think he's boring. Wow. I, I, I don't think he could I don't think he could no, I don't I don't think he's a main event player at all. I think he's intercontinental at most. Wow. Uh, US title, mid card. Um Him or, or Eric Watts? Well, <laughs> well, <come on. laughs> <That's>, <laughs> now I've got you stumped. Yeah, come on now. He's not that bad. You still haven't answered the question, <laughs> by the way. He's not that. He's not as bad as Eric Watts. I'll take. All righty. But no, going back to the. Oh, God, I'm trying. Not, I'm trying. I'm literally trying to avoid a debate. And you know me, Gibby. I love a good debate. That's why I'm poking you. <laughs> I'm trying to get some entertainment here. Sticking to his NXT stuff. I still think he's not the genius that people think he is i think he's done a good job I, yeah. but i also think that like vince he's got good people around him like regal he had dusty god rest his soul um he's got matt bloom a train yeah i guess if he has a mind for the biz whatever i mean i'm not in it so he yeah. must have something i don't know um he's got um michael's there every once in a while yeah. um i think he's i think he's of course he's also given his friends high positions of power isn't he road, road, dog. road dogs a writer yeah. Shawn michaels is there although billy gunn's not there 
No, oddly he enough, was. Yeah, but and he got cut. Yeah. So he's not there. Hey, Oddly. he's not given it. Xbox doesn't have a role within the company. Uh, give it time. <laughs> give it time. <laughs> <laughs> give it time. Scott Hall stays clean. He'll. Uh, Do you think we'll see Sean Waltman in NXT? Maybe we'll see NXT. Maybe, we'll, maybe we will. Maybe we'll see Kevin Nash. Maybe we'll bring We saw Juice and Thunder Liger. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, really. No, I just think that um, he's doing a lot of what well, Vince did back in the day. We're going to sign. Or actually, a lot of what WCW did. We're going to sign all this talent. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get this, that girl, and this and that and the other. And then eventually, like the main card, what are you doing with them? Now, granted, on NXT, I find the talent, even regardless of all that, the surplus that they have, they are still being utilized a little bit better. Yeah. But I find the television shows are sorely lacking in some departments. Um, but I, because it's thing, been, I will say, though, it's been getting better recently. I like, really like Alistair Black. Oh, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are big Alistair Black fans. He's Love a great, great performer and a great gimmick. Um, I like the feud he currently has with the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream is a funny example of uh, how not always it's not always the tough enough winners that end up becoming yeah. big, right? The, the, the recent the male winner uh, got cut. Yeah. I don't remember his name. <laughs> Braxton, I think, or something yeah, like that. I, Bronson. Bronson Matthews was his name. But he's not the only tough enough winner to have gotten cut. That's what kills me. But uh, Big yeah, no, Josh. Velveteen Dream's interesting. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, no, was, uh, here's the deal. With Triple H, as far, and I'm, and I'm trying to stay on the NXT trade, right? Yeah. I like him better with that. If he would stick to that. Yes. He's almost 50. Granted... He gets himself in tremendous shape, mm-hmm. but it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. God, I'm going to get annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> we have like four matches or something in a Piper's Pit, but the yeah. hell with it. I'm just going to say this. Drop my headset. Oh, Jesus. I was wondering what the heck that was. Uh, technical ahead. difficulties. Yeah, I no just, go. it's time to move on. I get this whole thing about you got to pass the torch and all that, and I'm all for that. But like the events when he faced Rusev twice, yeah. beat Rusev. Why do you need to beat Rusev for? Oh, and, and now granted, some of the fans don't help either because they're encouraging this behavior because they cheer for him. You got the loudest pop of the night. Well, what does that say about the rest of the town? What does it say about the rest of the company? Yeah. If you're giving a 48-year-old Triple H the loudest pop of the night, that's a big, huge problem, especially like with the new fans, right? Oh, Triple H, yeah. Great. What about the other guys on the card that are trying to make a name for themselves, some of which you might have grown up with Triple H, you know, uh, watching him? I mean, that's kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once in a while, like, I get it. But the fact that he's got himself involved in, you know, Survivor Series already, which is stupid enough to even have Shane McMahon, the fact that he, again, he should have put Rusev over at least at one of the shows. Rusev's one of their future stars or current present star. Like he's in his prime now. Mm-hmm. Why? Why couldn't he be Triple H? Why? Why is there? Well, I want to. We want to send the crowd home happy. Work on your product. Yeah. Right. Triple H had to start from somewhere too. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, this is what I don't understand. You can't use him forever. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're going to have him lined up in another WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. I mean, he beats Sting. Why? Sting's the last holdout from WCW, and you have to put that in your booking that ah yeah we screwed them and they're and they're we're we're the better ones so we're gonna have this weird you know like no just have Sting win that's it just one mini match even if like in the other matches that he wrestled he lost fine. But don't have him lose to Triple H. I mean, that was such a, 
a, a, a, a decision you can tell by the family. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, too, is like, I wonder if Vince came up with the idea, supposedly, right? Let's suppose he did. Would Triple H, could, could not Triple H not have said no? What are they going to do, fire Triple H? Like, no, they're not going to fire him, right? He's the son-in-law. He's the next heir to the throne with Stephanie, which might be an interesting dynamic. But I just don't understand this this whole aura about him. I mean, here's the deal. He's he's a good worker, but I don't think that if you put him in in with, with the other guys, Hogan, even Hogan, Flair, even Bret Hart, Randy Savage, I mean, the freaking warrior, for God's sake. He's no. Triple H, if you would have put him in the era that we're reviewing right now, he wouldn't have drawn flies if you rolled him in countdown. <laughs> at all. At all. Wow. At all, at all, at all. You could have put him in a goofy outfit. He didn't draw as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He was garbage. He is. He is. He's not good, as, as good as people make him out to be. Wow. He's. He is not at all. Just. He, and and the fact is, if you want, like, I'm. I'm glad he put Reigns over. Great. You put Roman Reigns over. You couldn't put CM Punk over. You, you know. You have to get yourself again. He's got to get himself in that limelight for some reason. Stay out and help the young guys if that's what your thing is too. I also don't agree with his view that while well, NXT is no longer just a developmental brand, well then why do you have a lot of the guys from the and girls from the performance center go there, right? Mm-hmm. Why and and now you're signing a bunch of indie stars as well. So it's like basically and and you know what most of the entertaining stuff that i see on nxt is largely from those indie stars oddly enough huh so i mean i don't know i just think that everything about him is overrated it's overhyped he is completely oh just just like i said the whole aura around him i i don't get it i don't see it uh like i said he's a good worker i don't think he i don't think he he's worthy of multiple world championships like i'm sure he's gonna get i think if you take him out of wwe uh, he's nowhere to be found on the list of great legends at all. Nothing. Very, his promos. Oh my God, I forgot about his promos. I think I'd literally rather watch paint dry. Wow. I, I would. I, I really, really would. I, I've never, I, I mean, my God, I they, they bore me to death. When I hear his music, I turn the TV off. I just, oh, not again. And then, I mean, you were filling me in off air about Raw this past week. I didn't get to see it yet. Uh, put some. Why would you have Jason Jordan, who's in his late twenties, like me? Why would you have him kayfabe injured instead of putting him in a match in the Survivor Series, led by his kayfabe father, which is a stupid gimmick in and of itself, a stupid angle? So you have him kayfabe injured, and you replace him with nobody else on the roster but Triple H. Why? What? Why? Oh, we we want to get buy rates, more buy rates. Well, maybe you should worry then about a long term plan instead of hot shotting your territory. If I could use an old school booking term, right? I mean, think for the future. I'm sorry. I we are going on. My God, we're gonna be here till like midnight if I keep going. Well, there goes your WWE <sighs> contract. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That was something. I just... Uh, I think that was a legit 10-minute rant. Was it? I think. No. L- more than five. 
my god. Because I checked. Was it over. longer than the LOD demolition match? Yes. Oh, oh it definitely was. God. Oh, it definitely was. I, um, and you know what? It's eight o'clock. If, if this were like a little bit like earlier when we were reviewing, I'm sure I could have had more to say. But we got to move on. <laughs> yeah, we got to move on. So, uh, what would you rate the Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair match? Four, three and a half. Four. Three and a half. Yeah, uh, I'll go three and a half as yeah. well. All right, we had the Piper's Pit. Roddy Piper <laughs> was in Toledo, Ohio. Talking this, about shoots. This is <laughs> this blew our minds when we watched this. Okay, so he came out and he said that. Uh, he wanted to be honest with people. He's he's not under contract with WWE, so he doesn't have a lot to lose. He said, there's a lot of controversy and scandal right now. Buster Douglas getting caught for drunk driving. Mike Tyson in jail. And this line blew our, li- blew our lives, blew our minds. Half of the WWE roster is currently in a scandal right now. This oh. is 1992, oh. in the middle of the of the drug scandal, yeah. the steroid scandal, and he mentioned this. Y- you wonder why in his own company. Yeah, uh, you wonder. I mean, this is clearly Piper like trolling. I don't know if anyone told him to go out and say it, or they just told him, you know, do your thing. Because oh, they probably just because like, it's it's Piper. They, he's not going to take what they're saying. He's going to do yeah, his own thing. It's not like it adversely affected his standing with the company. Later yeah. On anyway, but I mean, it just. My jaw, you saw my jaw just drop when we, I saw We this. both went, whoa. Because, and you could tell, obviously, this didn't make air. Yeah, oh, there's a reason why uh, I didn't. Especially because... I'm shocked they even put this in the DVD. So am I, actually. Yeah. yeah that was, like, unreal. Uh, yeah, he because it was like a shoot, right? I yeah. mean, this is what I don't... He mentions the, the scandal. Yeah. And then he talks about how we hate we hate lies. So it was like he, he mentioned it, but then... And he even knew it, he was doing it because he said it. Yeah. But then he was trying to protect the business, too, at the same yeah. time. So he was... So essentially, he was like... Uh, it's like, so this is about truth. So the guest I'm going to bring out today, uh, if he's lying, make sure you go, ooh, ah, or something like that, like a Roman Reigns thing. Yeah. Like something like that. Ooh, or something like that. I think it was who 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 yeah like the dog face gremlin Rick yeah there you go which we also did in the interview wrestlingwithideas.popping.com great guy I met him yeah he's, he's super nice guy. yeah um and so who did he bring out for this scathing after this scathing <laughs> shoot on the company and the state of boxing with Buster Douglas and Mike, Mike Tyson. Why none other than the Brooklyn Brawler Steve Lombardi one Steve of the company Lombardi. men. And this, yeah, this isn't Steve Lombardi. If it was Steve Lombardi, that would have been interesting. This is Brooklyn Brawler, full Brooklyn Baller, Brawler gear. Um, He was MVP before MVP was a gimmick. Uh, Abe Knuckle Knuckle Ball Schwartz. Oh, my God. So, so you want to talk about anticlimactic after that buildup. So essentially, <laughs> he, yeah. he he essentially brought him out and Brooklyn Brawler. I will give him credit. This he was a little entertaining. He said that he was the next world heavyweight champion, and that's when the crowd did the ooh, you know that sort of deal. And uh, and Brody Piper tells him, "I don't even think you want a match," <laughs> which was uh, which was pretty funny. Um, he, he wondered why he didn't take a bath. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. He was wondering why he didn't take it back. Brooklyn Brawler claimed to be a millionaire in this one as well. Uh, and he went out and they mentioned because Piper had, uh, he, he won the Intercontinental Championship against Bret Hart. Or no, it was he the lost. Other way, sorry, it was the other way around. And Brooklyn Bra- Brawler chirped yeah. him about it. Yeah, he chirped him about it. He brought a bell into the ring. 
to show that there was a spot where Piper kind of had that hesitation. Maybe I should yeah. hit him. Yeah. Because it was a babyface versus babyface match, keep in mind. It right? was. That's yeah. true. Um, and so he said, don't make me strike you in the head with the bell. The crowd did the whoo things, obviously yeah. saying he yeah. wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And then uh, eventually he, he kept taunting him, taunting him, taunting him. And then Piper hit the eye poke. And then uh, he beat he, – he hit him hard with the bell as well. Like, he landed a good shot in. Uh, and uh, this ended the Piper's pit segment. Yeah. That, was, that looked like he, he, he hit him really right landed in the hard, head. yeah. yeah. Um, so that was pretty much the Piper's pit segment. So after all that buildup – yeah, it was you get the Brooklyn the Brawler. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else they could have brought out, uh, but uh, Pat Patterson, I, I guess, or what were, Vince McMahon. Because this is the thing: what were they gonna? Were, were, that's the thing. Like, what were they aiming for? Because there's no way that they're. Why would they release it, like, this on DVD? Why would they do it at all? Yeah. Period. Why? why they, I was surprised you know, they didn't cut off his mic. They must. That must have been like a. This is this yeah. is in the midst of the scandal too. This isn't like years afterwards no. where it's like it's all. No, no, it this fresh. is in the middle of the scandal. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It understand blew that. our minds when we heard that. I don't understand it at all. I, 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 but like, it's not like they were going to do like an expose interview in the ring. Although at that point, that'd be something. Well have, yeah, that'd be something. Attitude era, they probably would. Oh, have, definitely. But, uh, a shoot. Skating shoot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really. I I'm, I was just still speechless about it. But moving on though. Oh, this next match. Uh, uh, this was a great match. They always are whenever these two face each other. Brett the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. This took place in Binghamton, New York, former home of the Binghamton Senators, now the Belleville Senators. Yes. Um. So. Uh, this match was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as good as their SummerSlam 92 match, but it was still a good match to watch. Mm-hmm. Very technically sound. Yep. Bulldog was massive, mm-hmm. which is funny, again, in the middle of the scandal. Um, and obviously, uh, Brett was the Intercontinental Champion in this match. Um, oh, yeah, the title was on the line, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Oh, it that's was, weird. It was non-title. Yeah, it was, a, it was a non-title match, which was really weird. Yeah. Um, but Brett still won. This it, was right so it didn't really matter. SummerSlam match, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. This was before their big SummerSlam match, which many consider one of the best SummerSlam matches. Absolutely. Uh, great match. Um, and, and this one as well. This wasn't as good as, as their SummerSlam match, but we weren't really expecting matches that were better than the pay-per-view matches on this DVD, but we were looking for some good matches, and this is definitely one of them. Um, Bulldog uh, hit a really nice crucifix in this match. Yeah. That was, like, for a guy of his size to pull off a crucifix like that was beautiful. Um, And, of course, Brett was Brett. He was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this was was his Hitman theme. Uh, The Hitman theme he used before. When he was in the Heart Foundation. Yeah. And uh, and that was uh, it was a nice little listen there, um, but yeah, this was a great match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I'd give it a four. Yeah, four I, I'd, I'd also give it a four. It was definitely yeah. a solid four star match. Interesting note on the finish because it wasn't a sharpshooter. It wasn't a roll up. It was a German suplex into a pin combination. Yeah, they were innovative. These two, I, I always yeah. like. You know, these it felt like them. a it felt like a match from like you know how in the fifties and sixties there wasn't really finishers. It's like uh, moves that would kind of come out of nowhere. And yeah, really yeah. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. To one up, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. like 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 Gotch would do that. Frank Gotch, probably, yeah. Um, so 
it, cool. It was it was a good match. I, I, there's really not much else to say. I mean, we really enjoyed it, and yeah, I don't know if I if I'd put it on par with like the Wembley Stadium or even in your house '95, but I think it was no. an honorable mention. I think it was pretty good. It was definitely for, uh, yeah house show match. It was solid. Yeah, um, and the crowd uh, was pretty invested in yep. it as well. It, it's it was a nice little build. Um, what I what was I telling you about having a solid mid card? Exactly. That's it. If you have a solid mid card, you're you're good to go. <laughs> this next match, you told me this was your favorite match or uh, one of your favorites. One of my favorites, Bulldog and Hitman. Uh, well, I, I damn, I should have waited till the end to say which was my favorite, but that's one of my yeah. favorites. I'll say uh, um, this. I like purely for the gimmickry. This this match that we're about to. <laughs> this is uh, Papa Shango <laughs> and Kamala. Yes, versus Brett the Hitman Hart. And the ultimate warrior, uh, or as we like to call him, Kerry Von Erich. Which uh, <laughs> you like to call him. <laughs> um, so it was funny. They tried to make it seem like Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart liked each other because they were the baby faces, but you could tell that they weren't the biggest fans of each other. Well, I don't know what their personal relationship was like with one another. I just, I, but from based on like shoot interviews, I mean, like you can tell Bret Hart. Bret Hart wasn't exactly a big fan of the Warrior. Not a lot of people were. So not to speak ill of the dead, but no, I know. Uh, Warrior, it's funny. He came out. This was around the time he was part of the Ultimate Maniacs with Savage. But I don't remember if this if Savage was hurt or if he was doing something else or whatever. But he came out in his Ultimate Maniacs attire. So, and uh, Bret Hart also was the WWF champion at this point. Correct. And Warrior was trying to do, make a good point around with the crowd of trying to get him over. Um, yeah. This match was in Canada. Yes. Regina, Regina Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um and uh, it's Kamala would not fly in today's society. No, oh, no. oh no! We were looking at this. This is like oh this this would not fly today whatsoever. Yeah. No, like I'm the like I'm the furthest thing from like a bleeding heart. But like even I'm going nah nah. Mm. This wouldn't this wouldn't fly well. Yeah. Um. So we had uh, Kim Chi and Harvey Whippleman on the outside. Always entertaining. Yeah. yeah. We had Papa Shango before the Godfather. Uh. Before Kama Mustafa, before yeah. Kama the, Su- the Supreme Fighting Machine. Oh yes, Kama the Supreme <laughs> Fighting Machine. I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad somebody remembered that because that was a gimmick. My childhood. That was when that era, new generation. That was when MMA was starting to get a little more popular during that time, right? Yeah, they were trying to capitalize on yeah, it. Yeah, a little, a little bit. You know, I think I'm not was, saying it was like taking over the world, but it's like it's getting a little popular, and they were figuring. Let's try and utilize. That's this when they put him in the million dollar corporation shortly yep. after. That was uh, that was an interesting era. I don't care anybody says nineteen ninety five, which by the way, disc three, tons of ninety five new generation stuff. Yeah. Uh, I Jeff still Jarrett liked it. in it. Yeah, I mean not just like for nostalgia in it, but I I liked it. I, I know I know people didn't like Diesel as a champ. Some Even, of them. I but. mean the in ring quality of those of those years were actually quite good. Absolutely. Yeah, Bret I mean, Hart had- and Hakushi were my favorite matches. Yeah, you, you've told me that, and, and that's also a match that a lot more people need to see. Um, you had guys like Hart and Michaels and Owen Hart oh. and, and, you know, Bulldog, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. Um, you know, you had, you had a, some really good in-ring talent there. And then you had some crazy mid-card gimmicks, but uh, nonetheless. Some that I liked, some that were just like, why? Yeah. Mantar. Mantar. Man Mountain Rock. Man, Mountain Rock. Love me some Waylon Mercy, though. Bastion Booger. Well, that was like 90... The Goon! That was like 93, 94. Oh, Goon. That was what, 96? 95, 96. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. The Goon. You figured they would have learned from like the Red Rooster and like Max Moon. No. Nope. 
Definitely not. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll certainly get into that yeah. when we're in disc three. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this Kamala gimmick would not fly in in today's uh, uh, society. Pretty bad match, actually. I, I think, only liked it for the gimmickery, to be honest. Yeah, it was uh, three. Brett two. tried. Yeah. Brett tried. Brett tried. Yeah, Brett they tried. Right. <laughs> so did Papa Shango to his. There were some. There were some moments Kamala was being led on how to wrestle by uh, kimchi always and honestly i don't think it was the real language that they were saying i think he was saying gibberish which again would not fly very well at all today no. so uh and uh harvey whippleman of course the only man to win the wwf women's championship at that time at that uh well that was a little bit later did santino win it technically when he was santina though no you no. see santina and santino are two totally different people all right Kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, uh, yeah, this this wasn't really anything special. Kayfabe. Again, you mentioned it was Warrior trying to get Hart over as the top babyface, but, you know, it's it's Warrior. I'd say like two and a half uh, stars for me. Again, I only like it because I, I like the gimmicks involved. Yeah. But. I think I, I like Shango. Shango was a yeah. interesting gimmick. Yeah. I don't. I. I think it would. I think it's on the line in terms of like gimmicks that would fly today. Some would say that it insulted people's intelligence, but yeah. I thought it was all right. Yeah, it's it's Kamala that wouldn't fly today. No. Um. But uh, yeah, I'd also give it two and a half. Yeah. It was just it was it was there. Yeah. Um. Second last match of the DVD. Um. Again, this wasn't really too much. It was kind of surprising. It, the Undertaker versus Bam Bam Bigelow. I saw that. I was like, oh, this will be a fun match. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Bam Bam. I um, love Bam Bam. He's I, I, my favorite he, big man. He's your, you said he's your favorite big man. Um, and obviously the Undertaker's in this match, so it should be interesting. Not a lot of heat for this match. Not a lot of crowd reaction, I found. This was a pretty bad crowd reaction. Yeah. Decent there was, match. It was weird because uh, the match was fine in and of itself. It was just kind of there. Yeah. But uh, there was a moment where Bam Bam scoop slammed the Undertaker to the outside to nothing. It was. Yeah. It was really awkward. You figure they'd be, oh my God. You know? Yeah. It's like this, the Undertaker got scoop slammed in the outside and he gets nothing for it. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And uh, really the only reaction was when uh, Taker won. And. <laughs> that was like the loudest reaction we got, but the rest of the match, like barely any reaction at all. Um, I was hoping for more from it, uh, mainly because you know Bam Bam's such a great athlete yeah. for a guy his size, and uh, an Undertaker can be agile every once in a while sure. as well. Agile for a big man—that's part of his appeal, right? Absolutely. But, um, but it was a short match. You could tell right you could tell it was there as a main event uh, to shorten things up and just kind of end the show. Um, because it was it was funny. It was a weird sight because everybody started to leave. It looked like and, it. And Paul Bear was lifting up the urn, and and uh, Undertaker was you know doing his pose. drawing the powers for it from yeah. it. Yeah. And everybody's leaving. I'm like, don't you want to like? I mean, obviously cell phone cameras weren't there, but like I'm sure there had to be some sort of photographs or something like that, or at least stay behind and watch it. You know what I mean? But there was mm, no, f- no camera flashes or anything like no like that. It no. was it was weird. Yeah. Um. Now we get on to uh, the match. The you match. want to talk wrestle crap? Oh boy! So before we get into it, uh, we had a skit with Caruso and Mooney to lead into this. Yeah, to lead into this. 
and apparently it was a DVD, and it was only ever shown once. Uh, like only ever. It was a VHS. It was a VHS, and it was only used once. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think people know what we're talking about if because this has been pretty popular now. Um, so they, Caruso's giving tips to Sean Mooney about what this uh, gimmick. I guess given hints, in. yeah. And uh, it was a shell of a time. Ugh. And that uh, was the reveal of the toxic turtles. And Timmy and Tommy. Uh, well, it says on there it says Timmy Tommy, but I heard uh, Terry and. Uh, I heard Tom and Terry. Oh, yeah. That's what I heard on the ana- rain announcer. Oh, yeah, because we were saying off air, it sounds like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Like they were ripping off the Ninja Turtles. It was stuff. weird. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. so we had our jobbers, which was Tommy Stevenson and Ron Preston. Tommy Stevenson did all the work. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Ron Preston, that lousy worker, <laughs> couldn't carry his guy in the match. They should break up that tag team. I'll tell you. Um, and Not going for a run at all. So... The Toxic Turtles came out. For those who are interested in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, it was... Uh, oh, this could have been a It lawsuit. was Donatello and Raphael that was out there. Is that right? Yeah, yes. you're right. Because yeah, right. it was the red bandana and the purple bandana. I'm yeah, sure they right. found yeah. this at a local dollar store, maybe like a costume superstore, maybe a Walmart. Um, and uh, so they came out. They yeah. started celebrating... No crowd reaction whatsoever. No, they it were... Was, oh. It was... No crowd reaction. Yeah, this definitely could have been like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Oh, uh, it's, you're it's, telling me. Um, it was smart, though, because they could have used the guys twice. Yeah, it was uh, something. Barry so, Hardy and Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill was Gilberg later yeah. on. Uh, um, so the match starts, and uh, yeah. no like crowd was silent for the first bit. There was a double back elbow in this match. Double drop kick was nice. Double drop kick was nice. The crescent um, kick was nice. And uh, one spot in this match. So uh, there was... <laughs> oh, yeah. Kicks out of the pinfall. And I don't even know which turtle it was, but they were on their back. Like a turtle would be on their back, and they started to... Flailing. Flailing around. And you could tell, I don't know which one was which. I don't know which one was Dwayne Gill. And which, I don't even care. <laughs> at this point, who really cares? But the tag team partner didn't even bother to let this sink in with the crowd. He knew this was dying. So he immediately ran in and pushed him on yeah. t- and, and made him wrestle. And they just went right. They tried to end this match so quickly. Oh, thank God. It was a squash <laughs> match technically, right? So. It was really bad. A lot of repetitive spots couple of back elbows a couple of judo chops there yeah there was a little <laughs> oh there's a spot in the match where one of the turtles is setting him up in the ropes and then there's a little cha-cha 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 <laughs> i don't remember turtles doing uh judo chops but i'm assuming that's in relation to the teenage mutant ninja turtles but even then i don't remember that because they have weapons yeah, you're right so this made no sense that's right um and here's the uh, best part about this as well uh, so their tag team finishing maneuver. Uh. There's a tag. One of them goes to the rope. The other one walks down the apron, and the one of the turtles uses the ropes to pull the guy it. over, and he does a senton on top of him, like a springboard. The crowd was booing at this point, by the way. Yeah, they were. There was some noticeable boos in this, and uh, you hit the senton, got the pinfall victory, and they just got right out of there. 
How do you? And, yeah. And then, and then one of the turtles went to the camera, and I swear to God, I thought Funaki was underneath the turtle costume because he's like, Toxic Turtles, number one! <laughs> this was... Yeah. That must have been terrible wrestling in those suits. I don't know Sweating. who came up with this idea for the Toxic Turtles, how it got through creative, <sighs> got into being made for wrestlers. Oh. And then being used in an actual matchup. I'm just, this crowd yeah. was dead. I'm just for glad it. they had enough wherewithal to get rid of that immediately because that was some of the worst. Like, like, I, like we, you know, I, I, lo- I love a, ba- a couple bad gimmicks that I'll that I'll help, that I'll, I'll I'll defend Repo Man, Papa Shango. But this that was pretty bad. It was yeah, brutal. Yeah, I'm just glad <laughs> it's over. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not something to look back fondly to. That's legitimately one of the worst gimmicks. In WWF, I've ever seen. Yep. Like legit, like yep. it's up there with the Bastion Boogers and the Max Moon and the Max Moons and the Mantars and yep. that yep. sort of stuff. It's yep. it's up there. Oh no doubt, Man so, Mountain Rock. If you want to see this, just to say I saw the Toxic Turtles, I guess. But there really is no redeeming value. This was this was uh, so it was like a, it was like watching a car wreck. Yeah, you just can't really look away. Yeah, you can't really look away. And that ended disc two. Yes. And uh, this was definitely a better disc than disc one. Um, I had a really uh, fun time watching a bunch of the matches. There's a lot of matches in there that I enjoyed watching. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Hogan versus Flair. I loved uh, the Hitman versus British Bulldog match. I thought the Piper's Pit with the Brooklyn Brawler was something in of itself. Yep. there's a lot of lot, lot of good stuff in this. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll give it a you? three. I'll okay. give it a three. I, I liked some matches in it for the most part. I think most of them were pretty good, except yeah. for the Toxic Turtles and oh my God, the Piper's the Pit Turtles. segment was just like it floored me. Um, no, I you know I, I I like I said before I like this era of WWF, so I I loved it mm-hmm. I, and uh, yeah, disc three should be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how disc three mm-hmm. comes out. Um, but so far, I think you and I can both agree we're enjoying the disc so far. The, oh, yeah. The DVD. Aside stuff. from the cheesy segments. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ex- aside from the cheesy segments with Charlie Caruso and Sean Mooney. But other than that, uh, it was, it's been solid so far. So, mm-hmm. hey, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. We got one more disc to review. And, yes, of sir. course, it's disc three. And then we'll be finished our series our series on trilogy the, uh, wwe unreleased yeah um so if you want to listen back to our disc one review of course it's on the wrestling with ideas archives uh wrestling with uh you can check out our full review of disc one there um you can hear my glowing uh review for pedro morales um <laughs> And uh, so I'm excited for disc three. We're heading into new generation territory, yeah, um, which should be fun. Um, I'm can't wait for some Bret Hart matches, some Razor Ramon, Jeff Jarrett, that sort of deal. Um, and uh, it it should be a fun DVD review. So yeah. uh, if you want to listen to some old re- interviews that we've done here on the show, you can check out uh, wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com and listen to our interviews with the likes of Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ted DiBiase, Rick Steiner, Teddy Lawn. Uh, the list goes on and on. Cody Rhodes. Uh, a, a ton of people we've had on the show. And we're going to be trying to continue on with uh, some more interviews uh, interviews uh, that should be announced in the next couple of weeks that I'm working on so should be exciting stuff there and also too, just keep on listening to Wrestling With Ideas every week we try to bring out a new episode every week again we're still in the middle of strike season 
It's uh, it's uh, strike season here at the college. Tragic. Um, it, it is pretty tragic. Although they're in the middle of a vote right now. We'll see how this goes. For for to end a work stoppage part of it at least. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the earliest if they say yes, we'll end the work stoppage is uh, Tuesday, where everybody will be back. Um, which means that uh, the show could come back as early as next Thursday. So mm. that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, of course I. I personally don't think they'll say it, but you never know. Uh, things can change. So, uh, but again, we'll we'll continue to try and get some uh, ooh, interviews uh, going up, uh, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see how this strike goes. We'll hopefully get back on CKDJ uh, every Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, soon, and uh, we'll get back to talking to you guys about some more professional wrestling Survivor Series this Sunday. We'll probably have a review of that. And uh, maybe, you never know, maybe I'll release a full review of Bound for Glory 2017. So until then, guys, have a good one. You have just listened to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. If you want to listen to older episodes of the show, including full interviews, make sure you check out Wrestling With Ideas on Podbean and on the Podbean app or listen to us on our new SoundCloud page. We can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and many more. Make sure you keep on tuning in every Thursday at 6 p.m. to wrestle with ideas.